Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. You can visit rachelcarmen.com to join her online community of moms who are taking the dare to be in the word themselves as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. While you're there, be sure to sign up for updates and you will also receive a free gift from Rachel when you sign up. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hello again, moms. It is time for our third in our series of Who is God? We started over in the book of Genesis looking at who God was when we meet him in the beginning, God. And you can go back and listen to that. And then last time we talked about Psalm 139. Who do we see God to be in the passage of this psalm? And it was very powerful because we've covered the three O's. He's omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. So we've looked at those. And again, our study in three of these episodes can't possibly be exhaustive. I'm just trying to whet your appetite as you dare to dive into God's word so that you can learn what it looks like to get to know who this God is. Because remember, knowing who God is changes everything. Even all those mundane things, moms, that we do, it seems easy for us to get discouraged in changing another diaper, blowing another runny nose, making another bed again, folding another load of laundry, making another peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But I'm going to tell you, moms, when we get just maybe even a tiny glimpse of who God is, it breathes new life into all of those things that the enemy wants to convince us are worthless. All of those things matter. They matter eternally for God's kingdom, that we do them joyfully for the glory of God and for our good as a blessing, as a sacrifice, as an offering fragrant and pleasing to the Almighty. So I'm hoping, and I hope you can sense my enthusiasm, I am hoping to energize you in everything that you face today, no matter what it is, if it's dusting, if it is blowing another nose, if it's taking a temperature, if it is reading aloud or trying to teach a kid to read aloud, if it is pulling weeds in your garden or kneading a loaf of bread, I want to convince you that all things are given us opportunities to honor and glorify God. And when we dare to get to know him, all of those things take on brand new meaning and we can do them joyfully in light of who he is. So today we did Genesis, we did the Psalms, so I've sort of started at the beginning, went to the middle, and now we're going to look at the book of John. And I say this all the time. So if you hear me at all, you know, this is true. Every book of the Bible becomes my favorite when we're studying it. But today I've got to tell you truly, we are going to look at the Gospel of John, which really does have a very tender place in my heart. I love the book of John. There are a million things I'd like to say about it, and I hope there's probably a million more that I get to learn as I continue to study it. But John is the most unique of the four Gospels. 92% of John is unique. And some of the aspects and stories and things that John includes, it's shocking to me that Matthew, Mark, and Luke 
missed some of the things that John includes in his narrative of the life of Jesus. I'm just thinking, how is it possible that you other three guys left this out? But we have this Gospel of John, and I'm so thankful. It is not synoptic. It's completely unique from the other three. It is more like snapshots of the life of Christ. It is totally a different perspective. It is far more personal. This is the John who's referred to as the beloved disciple, probably the youngest. This is also the disciple given charge of Mary at the foot of cross, Jesus's mother. That to me tells me a little bit about what we see, the, the different perspectives we see about Jesus in the book of John, for example. The book of John is the only book, the only one of the gospels that includes the wedding at Cana and the water into wine. I don't think that's accidental given that John had charge of Mary. And I just, I think it's very unique to see what John tells us that the others did not cover. So I love the book of John. So right here at the beginning, if you were with me in the first episode when we talked about who is God, I started with the words in the beginning of the whole biblical narrative, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God, right? Well, here we have, and I don't believe accidentally at all, here we have the first book, uh, the first verse in the book of John, in the beginning, was. You got to latch on. The first three words of the book of John are the same first three words from Genesis. Wow. Don't miss that. So John here in this gospel is going all the way back, right? He has something, some truth here that he wants to make sure that we don't miss. And so he's taking us all the way back to the beginning, right? In the beginning, he said, was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Whoa. What, what's John talking about here? See, John is interjecting a whole new thing. A, a, another thing that was true in Genesis 1-1, but Genesis 1-1 didn't make the point as strongly as John's making it here. He's basically saying, look, I want you to know in the beginning, Jesus was there. Jesus was there. In other words, John is saying, I'm going to go on and tell you about Jesus. In fact, John states his purpose. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He states his thesis over in chapter 21. We don't need to have to worry about why John wrote the book of John. So we get that later on. But right here in the beginning of his narrative on the life of Christ, he wants to make sure we know that Jesus was not an afterthought. Jesus was not plan B. Jesus wasn't God going, wow, that sacrificial system in the Old Testament, that didn't work out too well. We're going to have to come up with something else. What could, hmm, 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 Winnie the Pooh, think, think, think. No, that is not, that is not at all. That is not at all how this came about. John is saying here in the beginning of his own gospel, Jesus was in the beginning. His gospel are pointing to a triune God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He continues. All things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. John wants to make it clear that Jesus wasn't the afterthought. Jesus was always the plan. He was always the plan, the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. That's who Jesus is. Then John launches into his narrative. 
talking about who Jesus is, that he brought life and light into this world. Rachel Carmen has spoken across the country and around the world to moms about their struggles, successes, fears, and faith. They consistently share three things that zap joy and threaten the hope of moms today. They are overwhelmed, exhausted, and lonely. They want support and practical tools. They want to feel connected. What we have done is put together a community of like-minded moms to accomplish just that. Rachel, a homeschooling mom of seven, knows what the pit of despair is. She relates to the feeling of being overwhelmed, lacking in time in the word. And today, she wants to meet you right where you are. The truth is, you were not meant to do this alone. In the community, Real Refreshment, she will help you learn how to get done what needs to get done, how to study God's word during your season of motherhood, how to make the most of the time given, and how to do it in fellowship with other moms just like you. Moms, we need each other now more than ever. Visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community today. We also get here in the book of John, we do not get the genealogies that we get in Luke and in Matthew. We don't get the birth story in detail like Luke gives us. We don't just jump in to Jesus's narrative and his ministry like we do in the the gospel of Mark. No, what we get when we step into John is a throwback, right? Let's take you you back to the beginning and just say, I want you to know that this Jesus has always been, always God's plan. Because see, the Old Testament, all of the Old Testament points forward to Jesus Christ. All of it does. And John is saying, this is, this is what we were waiting for. This is what the whole Old Testament pointed to right here in the person of Jesus Christ. So whereas we don't get the prediction, the angel visits for either Zechariah or Mary, for John the Baptist or Jesus, we get this perspective even further back than that saying Jesus was there in the beginning at creation, part of the triunity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, always, always, always. So we have that assurance about who Jesus is, part of the Godhead. And we see here in this first chapter, John the disciple gives us a very unique perspective on John the Baptist, and that is the fundamental humility in the person of John the Baptist. So we get this introduction to John the Baptist, and then we have Jesus starting his public ministry in the rest of chapter one and chapter two. We have the wedding at Cana. Don't miss reading that if you haven't read it in a while or not at all. Go through and see what you learn about Jesus there. I hope to chase that with you in a future podcast. The second half of chapter two, we have Jesus cleansing the temple. And then in the first half of chapter three, we have this glorious meeting of Jesus and Nicodemus. This is in chapter three. We have this religious leader who is quite intrigued by what he has heard and potentially even witnessed as a member of a crowd into what he's seen Jesus doing. So Being a religious leader, he would have known the Old Testament. He would have studied all of the pointers that I just referenced, pointing to Jesus. And now Jesus is on the scene and Nicodemus inside is going, ding, 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 ding. This, this is, this, whoa, is this who that was pointing to? 
And Nicodemus wonders at such a level that he actually determines that he's going to go see Jesus. But he does it at night. Under cover of darkness, Nicodemus seeks an audience with Jesus and Jesus grants it to him. Do you, do you see the humility there? Do you seek? Because this is a theme throughout Jesus's earthly ministry. I'm just going to plant this here. And again, another thing I want to chase over and over and over through all of the gospels, you see Jesus meeting people exactly where they were, exactly where they were. Some of them come to him. Sometimes he meets them as he's going somewhere. But it's notable that he meets people where they are emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. He meets them where they are. And Nicodemus is in a place where he needs to meet with Jesus when no one else is looking. And Jesus, there's no indication here in scripture that he shames him for that. Look, if you are ashamed, Jesus can meet you in that. He can meet you in the darkness. He can meet you in a secret place where you're just not yet ready to tell anybody that you know him or you love him or you might maybe possibly believe in him. Jesus will still meet you there, just like he met Nicodemus. Nicodemus came basically going, so are you what, who I, are you the one? Are you the one that they've been, that all the prophets pointed to? Is that who you are? And Jesus meets with them. It's beautiful. And we get this passage that the world knows. I think most, more universally than any other passage in scripture, the world could tell you. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the offer. This is what Jesus lays out for Nicodemus. Jesus says, I am here because of the love of the father. To reconcile all people to himself, if you would but believe in me. You don't have to die in your sin, Jesus says. Just believe in me. Just believe in me. Mom, I want you to see that in this passage, in John 3, 16, and, and through the entire Bible, we see a God that is incredibly loving. Incredibly loving extravagant love seen in God to send his only son present at the beginning of time, but forever the plan, the perfect lamb of God crucified on Calvary's cross for the sin of the world. That is the love of God. And that is our example, not selfish love like the world proposes, not doing whatever you want, whenever you want with whoever you want, for whatever reason you want. No, that's not the love that is lined out in the biblical narrative. That's not our example of love. Our example of love is selfless, is service, and is sufficient. Jesus is enough. His death on the cross paid our sin price. It was a selfless, painful sacrifice that he made. And he served all of us by stretching out his arms on Calvary so that we would not have to die in our sins. Moms, it is that God, that God, that knowing him makes all the difference. May we know him and love others with the same sacrificial servant mindset that his example shows us. I'll see you next time. Thank you listeners for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. 
And while you are there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us to get the message out to other moms that need to be encouraged in their roles as mothers today. If you have a question, we invite you to send it to rachelcarmen.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, you can access Rachel's wonderful resources and real refreshment, the online community. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. I hope you will join us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.